Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check out Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also you can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. You know, Thursdays are my chaos day for work. There's just a lot of stuff going on. I have to set up new hires for my job. It's just my day is basically... And, you know, obviously with podcasting and stuff, I have to do this in the morning. So it's just a nonstop chaotic day start to finish. I am nervous that this has bled over into Cowboys practice with all the things that happened today, for goodness sakes. But we are here to talk about it all. Yeah, it was a, a really busy uh, day for the Cowboys, and actually, it ended up being a pretty good one, all things considered. Um, let's start with this. Uh, Lyle Collins, before practice got started, um, it was reported that he got into a pretty serious car accident this morning. Uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network uh, reported that somebody cut him off on the highway, uh, and it caused a major accident where the police were called. Um, luckily, and this is the big thing, luckily Lyle Collins is okay. He was able to walk away from uh, the car crash. They said everything is very minor and he is doing well. Um, I mean, just, I, I don't even know what more you can say. I mean, you just, sometimes those car accidents can be, you know, they're so scary. So to get positive news from yeah. Lyle this morning has to be considered a huge uh, you know, a huge sigh of relief for the Cowboys, right? Yeah, and for those who don't aren't aware of, uh, you know, the kind of lay of the land around Frisco, there's lots of highways that go up there. And, and if he doesn't live, you know, just right around the corner, there's very high likelihood that he was on either the you know the toll road or uh, George Bush or something to get to the to the star. So, you know, those are obviously major highways where there's accidents all the time. So, you know, I think. Right. It's we hear about this from time to time. I think you know Zeke was in an accident. What was it a year or two ago? Not you know, yeah, on his yeah. way in. It's just a high traffic area in, in Frisco, so uh, that's not surprising. I mean, I'm I, you know, thank goodness everyone's okay. But you know, you if, just hold your yeah, breath. Yeah, it really does. Just because pain. there's just so much. There's so many people traveling. I mean, obviously with COVID, it's reduced a little bit, but still, like you know, in early morning traffic on the highways. It's it's still going to be dangerous, you know, and and you know, I think what this shows is, and I think Cam Newton actually, you know, went through a, a pretty similar situation where he was in a horrible car accident as well. But these guys mm. are, you know, are they are human, but they're certainly yeah, they're yeah. certainly more adept <laughs> or trained, well trained to survive a car accident than we are because you know a guy like Lil Collins, I mean, in some ways they say gets in car accidents every snap. So this is obviously way more serious than this. This is an actual car accident. But again, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to be uh, uh, big and strong and, and young, and, and, and sure. it really certainly helps you, you know, kind of be, come out of these sort of situations okay. Yeah, so Lyle hasn't practiced yet. I guess he's been working back from, uh, I, I don't know if it's a conditioning or yeah. a minor injury. It seems like we're getting a little bit of both, right? Like, I, I can't really yeah. get my finger on whether this is a actual, like, ouchie, <laughs> or is he just out of shape? Like, it seems to be... It could be a little bit of both. It could be a little bit of both, I guess. 
Yeah, so um, he wasn't going to practice today anyways, it sounds like. But uh, I would imagine the Cowboys are going to be extra careful with Lyle over the next week or two, kind of easing him back in there um, after this. Uh, the Cowboys also have some other injury news on the other side of the offensive line. Uh, Tyron, uh, Ty- I mean, I keep messing this up today when we're talking about <laughs> Tyron Smith uh, left practice early with an injury, did not return. It does sound like it's relatively minor. I saw our friend Mike Fisher said it was a precautionary thing. Uh, Brian Brada said the distrust level in the Cowboys organization is not very significant. Uh, They don't think it's a long-term thing at all. Um, But it is noteworthy because of Lyle Collins being out, Cam Irving still not practicing. Uh, The Cowboys are a little bit of a rough tackle situation Luckily, this is a, see. This is one of the positives of not having preseason right now, right? Because if you know this was a regular year, the Cowboys would probably have a preseason game what tomorrow yeah. or Saturday. Yeah. You might have to go sign a veteran tackle just to get you through a preseason game. I don't think the Cowboys will need to do that. They have some guys that can play tackle in practice. But um, just your thoughts on the Cowboys tackle situation, Landon? Now that they are down three tackles before. Uh, we even get to the weekend. Well, without without the offensive tackles, there's going to be a lot of defensive tackling going on. So uh, yeah. I, I, and I think that's what, kind of the reports that we've been getting is that, you know, Brandon Knight being OT1 means that these guys, the defense is getting, you know, significant sacks and, and pressures and, and hurries on, on Dak. So, uh, and, and that's not a, that's not a comment on, on, on 69 specifically, I, I, I think yeah. that he's the best guy out there. There's well, a pretty I serious drop-off after also, him, frankly. I mean, I was going to say, it's also not that surprising that the defensive linemen are winning early in camp sure, anyway. Sure, right? sure. It typically takes offensive linemen a little bit longer than the, the pass rushers to get up. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, to be fair, the talent disparity is oh, pretty, pretty serious. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, look, I, it'll, it'll sort itself out. I hope, you know, with Tyron, I think – the thing that we have to remember a lot of times with stuff like this is that we're we're oversensitive to it because of these injuries, but also the team is right. So like they recognize mm-hmm. that they don't have a lot of ta- tackle depth, and obviously they need Tyron Smith. So if something happens to him at practice, even minor, they're gonna bubble wrap him, right? Like they're they're sure. gonna immediately sure. overreact and make sure that he's okay, take him off the field, he's not practicing the rest of the day, right? Because it's just more right. you know three weeks out from a real game. It's just more important that he's healthy for that. So let's, you know, every time I see these kind of reports, there's always, you know, uh, the doom and gloom as soon as somebody tweets out uh, so-and-so has walked off underneath his own power, you know. Like, if somebody's walking off underneath their own power, I usually take a deep breath and then I just learn to wait, right? Because it's like, it's usually probably going to be good news, so you just confirm it. Oh, not good news, but at least not bad news. Right, so you at least yeah, wait yeah. for that confirmation and not try not to freak out in that period. If you know if they bring the card out, that's something to freak out about. I think at this point the teams are you know obviously extremely sensitive to where they are before you know the, the amount of time they have before the season starts and where they are with their tackle depth situation. So they are taking every precaution, uh, you know, short of putting I guess Lael Collins you know car in a, yeah. in a bubble wrap of some sort. So. Okay, Landon, we have one other injury we need to talk about. Jordan Lewis was injured on a deep pass today. I believe it was intended for Blake Jarwin. Uh, he got his feet tangled up and was able to walk off the field but did not return to practice. 
Um, I don't want to speculate too much here, but it does sound like potentially like an ankle sprain. Um, again, we're waiting for the official word, but the Cowboys don't seem super concerned right now. Um, if if this is something that even knocks Jordan Lewis out for a week or two, how does that impact his ability to compete for one of the starting cornerback jobs, Landon? I mean, certainly not positively. Uh, you know, I think right yeah. now there's just a, there's a numbers game, and it it's I, you know I don't know that these any of these guys, especially Jordan Lewis, is in any kind of you know. Uh, uh, Trouble, you know, fear of being cut. You know, I think right now yeah. they're they're all jockeying for position, and I think they're all clearly, you know, you know, and by all I mean Trayvon, you know, Worley, Diggs, Awuzi, you know, uh, AB, you know, all all those guys, all the top six or seven corners are probably all in the mix in some level to kind of jockey to see where they come off the bench or how they get deployed week to week and 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 like we said before in the past it may not even be as you know as straightforward as as uh as a depth chart like that you know like i think that you know it's likely that you'll have uh chidobe anthony brown trayvon and and then potentially like lewis you know, coming in pretty regularly, but then also the guys b- beneath them, and, and including some of them, will kind of get rotated in as needed, depending on the game plan and who they're facing mm. and the type of wide receivers that they're going against. So, uh, I think right now they're still very much in the discovery phase with with these guys. I mean, this is the, this is the coach's like what third practice to see these guys move in pads, you know, and 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 that's right, right. so there's still a, I would say a large amount of evaluation going on in teaching. Uh so he I don't think he's quite, you know, in serious trouble of potentially losing his gig if he's been playing well. Uh but I do think that there's a possibility that if, you know, he's out for a week or two, He's going to lose maybe some of the initial snaps that he may have earned away from Anthony Brown. But, you know, truth of the matter is, even saying that, Anthony Brown, it sounds like, is having a really good camp so far. Yeah. You know, and so I I think it's it's right now Jordan Lewis, if he wanted to kind of like make his move, he really did kind of need to be in there and be healthy and start kind of showing up like like Brown. Because really the the thing that you we talked about this, really the thing that you know, makes a lot of us want Lewis to get that job from Anthony Brown is Lewis's ability to take the ball away. And he has a proclivity to kind of, whether it's forced fumbles or interceptions, he has a proclivity more than any other of the corners to get his hands on the football or to turn the ball over. And, and that's something that we feel like we need, right? But if Anthony mm-hmm. Brown is out there doing the same thing, it's like... You know, six one, six one half dozen the other. As long as there's a guy out there making plays in the football, like I think it's great to have all this depth that we have, uh, even without having like we've mentioned a, the kind of topper guy. I, 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 you know, it's 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 nice that you don't have to worry about a severe drop off just because Jordan Lewis is not in there. You've got maybe two or three guys right underneath him who you feel pretty decently comfortable that they can step right. in and do the job as needed. Yeah, I don't think this is going to set Jordan Lewis back from snaps or anything like that. I just think he, I, I just feel like he's pretty much locked in as the fourth cornerback right now on this team because I don't envision the Cowboys 
playing him much on the outside. I don't think he's probably going to beat out Anthony Brown in the slot. So even if he, let's say worst case scenario, he misses three or four weeks and he's ready by week one. I don't think that changes his spot on the depth chart all that much. Um, Let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Okay, Liam, uh, Dak had an interesting quote on uh, Alden Smith today. I'm just going to read it to you. He said, he's a man, he's a monster. It sure doesn't look like he hasn't played in five years. We're very fortunate to have him on my team and not rushing me. He's going to make us all better. He's a great player. Um, This comes after Mike McCarthy praised uh, Alden Smith earlier this morning, saying he's been remarkable in camp. Um what is his potential on this defense? Let's, I mean, I don't think he's going to get back to the. I don't think he's going to get back to that 2011 level that we saw him. But if he can be something that we saw, you know, in the 2015 season with the Raiders, what can he do in this defense? I, I don't know, but he may not be able to get back to that 2011 level. But I, in turn, am also not going to be able to get back to my early in the year tempered excitement about this because i feel like the more and more we hear about this the more it's full speed ahead like it's wow this guy is is doing it this guy's incredible he's big he's strong you know he he actually you know spoke to the media today and they talked about uh the fact that you know that he is bigger and that it's put he's put on all this strength but that he also feels like he's uh, more flexible um, it's it's just it's just you know it's it's hard to kind of and again this is something that we have to deal with every training camp right but yeah, but this yeah. is a guy you know who has the pedigree to believe this stuff like this isn't some you're not hearing this about some undrafted free undrafted agent rookie. Yeah, yeah who yeah. you know slipped through the cracks and, oh, no, no. This, or, or, or even like somebody like Doran Armstrong yeah, who's had strong yeah, camps before yeah, yeah this is a guy who has done it like before he's reached the top of the mountain before and then you know walked away not because he lost the physical talent but because of off-field issues like there there is every real possibility that this i mean you know look I, i'm not promising this but again there is the possibility that this guy could uh, you know show up and be amazing but I, I, sure. I and i think that sure. we've all kind of been on the correct side of this of yeah that that can that can happen but let's let's not you know expect that to happen i think that every single report we've gotten uh so far on Al- alden smith of, of about what we've seen from from uh, you know tr- training camp what the other guys have seen from training camp it's right in line with 
you know, best case scenario for what, oh, what yeah. we're hoping. So right now it's still very much full steam ahead on the uh, Alden Smith hype train. And it's, and I really haven't heard anything yet to make me, you know, feel like I need to temper that excitement. Yeah. And I don't think we're not getting any reports of, you know, he's struggling with quickness around the edge or he's struggling to learn this defense you know, everything from everybody who we know is at practice just watches those pad of practice and comes away, you know, just super impressed with Alden Smith. Again, I don't think 19 and a half sacks is realistic, you know, what he did in 2012 or whatever. But eight sacks, seven, eight sacks in, in a limited role, is that is that fair enough? I mean, I, yeah. I feel like A.V. gets to eight sacks. We're thinking that's a, a home home run slam. I mean, like a, a home run signing, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially for the pricing that we're talking about. I mean, again, like, I, I, I think, and this is all, you know, not including, again, like this is all not including the, the, uh, the fact that Everson Griffin's on this team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, the fact that if he could get eight or nine sacks, while being on the same team as Demarcus Lawrence and Everson Griffin, like that means that he's hitting at a very high rate, I would imagine, because opportunity, you know. Is, and so I think, yeah, that absolutely would be a, 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 a worth every penny. I mean, that's that's a home run without a doubt. Uh, let's get to some other training camp notes from today. Uh, we'll go. You talked about Everson Griffin. Let's talk about him. Uh, it, it, we didn't really get anything specifically from him from practice today. Uh, but we did get a good quote from him. Uh, he actually grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan and was named after Everson Walls. Um, just going to say, that's one of my dad's favorite yeah. players of all time. I remember buying him a autographed Everson Walls picture, and he absolutely loved it. But uh, how cool is that that you know we finally get, or not finally, we get a player that uh, you know loves the Cowboys so much, and maybe that's why he was willing to take a, a cheaper maybe. deal to come play for the team. Maybe. maybe. I, I think it's it's really cool. I mean, I, I again like, I'm very much you know the kind of what's what's important, what's you know what's what's just BS and show and all that stuff. I, I like to kind of focus on, uh, you know the 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 football aspect of it, not not yeah. a lot of the ancillary stuff. But I, I'm a total sucker for this kind of thing. I'm not gonna lie. Just oh, just so because I'm a just because I'm a I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan myself. So it's like when you when you hear about these guys that. Were Cowboys? I mean, because I guess again, and I hope this speaks to other Cowboys fans. I remember when I was a kid, and I was wearing the star on my shirt or whatever mm-hmm. it was, or fake helmet, and throwing the football, and pretending to be Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach or maybe even Danny White, depending on if they won that day. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like I, I think it's you know, it's it's great to hear these professional and that's the thing i'm also at the age where <laughs> all these guys almost every, literally every single person in the nfl is younger than me so uh, well actually maybe not tom might be older, older than me but uh you know it's like it's it's one of those things so it's great to see these kids still feel that way and, and, and again he's he's yeah. not a kid he's yeah. 33 years old but like still i i like i like it when because it, it, it kind of gives you a feeling like that's that's a, that's a cool thing that you would have loved to do when you were a kid. Yeah, imagine telling young Marcus or young Landon that they got to play for the Dallas Cowboys, and that that would just right. be such a thrill. So it is cool not only to hear that he's a fan of the team, but yeah, that he was named after Everson Walls, who's obviously one of the Cowboys' all-time greats. 
I, I also just think it's cool when, you know, Cowboy fans end up playing for the sure. team, right? Like, there's two examples I can think of off the top of my head, right? Dez was a yeah. huge Cowboy fan when he was growing up. And then Dak, Dak yeah. I remember when, remember when Dak got drafted, everybody was going back and looking at his tweets. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Romo tweet? Yeah. I mean, he was getting yeah. emotional when Romo yeah. threw an interception against yeah. the, you know, against Washington in that week 17. We're all, we're all just chanting, one of us, one of <laughs> exactly. us. <laughs> exactly. I, I, just, I think... It's not that it doesn't mean a lot to everybody, but I just think it means a little bit more when you get to play for your favorite team and you get to play, you know, in Dallas and under the bright. It's like you've tapped into something um, like like in your childhood, you know, that that goes all the way yeah. back. Yeah, I agree. There's something there. Um, last thing before we move on, uh, do you remember your first Cowboy jersey? Do you remember who it was? <sighs> yeah, well, I I, I I don't remember, but I have pictures, so I know it's Roger Stallback. There's a picture of uh, there's a picture of you know. One one year old me, in a Roger Stallback jersey. So yeah, that's Perfect. yeah, it, that's definitely the first jersey I ever had. Yeah, so this is totally off brand in every sense of my brand. But uh, my first jersey was a Cowboys jersey. It wasn't a Steelers jersey. Wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was a a Daryl Johnson jersey. Oh my gosh, it's, that's it's, even it's more shocking. That those plastic helmets because I had those, and my brother and I would go out in the backyard, yeah. and I used to pretend um, I was Daryl Johnson. Oh man, uh, I can't imagine that was safe nope. at all. Just ramming those plastic helmets against each yeah, other. Yeah, probably not for hours. Did on you end. have a neck roll? I assume not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I did put like a hoodie yeah, on right? to like make it to look simulate like simulate the neck roll, though. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so a fullback jersey. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's amazing! Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And we'll talk about more uh, camp notes. Okay, Landon, let's start with this one. Um, to me, this is fantastic news, and we actually talked about a pre-show, and I know you're excited too. Uh, Greg Zerline threw three practices. Yeah. 12 of 12, showing off his strong leg. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's certainly one of the best kickers in the league. Uh, but I think you you nailed it when we were talking about this before. The Cowboys might have stole, stolen maybe the best kicker in the league. What are your thoughts on Zerline entering the yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, all of our opinion on Zerline was, uh, you know, post, post-groin post injury. And, and look, this, I mean, like, I, I'm not to say that it – Dan Bailey had a groin injury at one point. <laughs> it developed yeah. into a back injury, and then it became uh, Dan Bailey was not good for two seasons situation. Then he came, but look, he's he's good he, now. He's, like he's able, it was two better years. than he was, but he's not Dan Bailey still. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I, I, I'm hoping that it sounds like Zerline's completely healed from his groin, right? Like, I, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I think Bailey, it, it very much went from groin to back very quickly. Uh, so if he's completely yeah. healthy, he's nailing all his kicks. I mean, you're talking about a guy who several years ago was the best kicker in the league. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty sure we could argue, argue is the biggest legged kicker in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys, by sheer opportunity of, of hiring uh, Fossil, I, I think may have stolen a, a, a really great situation uh, just because – you know, I think that the league generally struggles to evaluate kickers. I think they want it, they want to believe that they have an idea of how you know that's going to go. And I just don't think you know. I think part of the issue is that they you know kickers, except for maybe five or six or seven around the league, are very unpredictable. It's it's very mm-hmm. it's not something that's you know that's the best kickers are reliable. 
and that's like the most amazing trait you can have in a in a in a field goal kicker. I think, right? Is a reliable. Like we think about when Dan Bailey was amazing. Like Dan mm-hmm. Bailey being amazing was not having to think about Dan Bailey, right? Like not not so much that he was doing incredible stuff. It's just you knew that when he lined up, he was gonna make it. So. I'm not saying that the Cowboys should are hoping for that or should hope for that or even should avail themselves of that because I don't necessarily want them kicking a whole bunch of field goals. But having a guy who is got a big leg, who can be accurate from long distances, you know, I mean, I think that that has strategic value without a doubt. And, and again, just to be able to feel confident that you're going to be able to get the three points if you if you can't find a way or if there's a penalty and it's fourth and 15 from the you know mm-hmm, 25 right. yard line uh, you know getting be feeling more certain about those three points is is a valuable thing i i, I and it should be overlooked yeah so i think i think you're right just generally on kickers i, I would even go the, the smaller list i think there's maybe two or three kickers in the league that are reliable from year to year and then from that point these kickers just get in hot and cold streaks, and you know they miss a couple of kicks, and all of a sudden they can't get themselves out of it. So, I kind of like the idea of going year by year with these kickers. I mean, Dan Bailey is a perfect example of he was the most accurate kicker in the NFL. Got a little hurt, and it took him like four years to even get somewhat close to where he was, you know, in 2013 or 2014 or whatever that season was. So, these kickers are so unpredictable. So. I like that the Cowboys are taking a chance on somebody who has proven to be really good in the past, who does look like he's healthy. Remember, from you know 2016 to 2018, uh, Zerline was making about 90% of his field goals, uh, and he had the strongest you know leg in the league. He had from, again from 2016 to 2018, he made 12 of his 17 attempts from over 50 yards, and a lot of those were in the 58, 59 yard category. So. Uh, I just think this is a, a super talented kicker. And, you know, as much as I like Kai Forbath for how consistent he's been, he just isn't the same. He doesn't have the same caliber of leg, right? So there's just a, a much higher ceiling with Sir Lyon, and it's encouraging to see uh, him be so good in camp because I can remember last year with Brett Maher, right? There would be days where he would go 2 of 5 on kicks or 1 of 4 on kicks, and they were all inside of 40 yards or inside of 50 yards. So uh, encouraging news. Uh, in terms of the special teams right now for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, the last bit of news I want to talk about is more of the wide receivers. We touched on them yesterday. Uh, according to David Hellman, Cedric Wilson had a fantastic practice today. Uh, he said he's starting to pull away as that wide receiver four. Um, that's encouraging to hear. We talked about him yesterday as how uh, you know the Cowboys used him more in the second half of the season. Uh, over Devin White because of the flexibility to play in the slot and on the outside. Uh, but we also brought up Ventrell Bryant, who played a lot last year on special teams, did get onto the field a little bit in the second half of the year, played with the number ones today in practice. He's got a little bit more size than some of the other guys on the roster. So um, what are your takeaways on those two receivers having strong practices on Thursday? Real quick, I just wanted to bring in breaking news. It sounds like Tyron Smith's situation was a hamstring, hamstring that tightened up. So hopefully it okay. should be good, just so everyone knows. Good. Uh, going good. back to the question, I, you know, I, look, I, I, we've talked about the wide receiver four in some fashion or form for a little while now. And I, and I feel like the, you know, the question has always been, what are we looking for here? What are we trying to get out of this out of the spot? And, yep, and, and I, I think that 
you know, really the Cowboys seems seem to have been letting it really just play out to see who who's been the best wide receiver at this point. You know, and, and I what we you know, and we've thrown around all the names, like whether it's it's Devin Smith or Cedric Wilson or Vincent Bryant or Bill Bryant or John Bryan Johnson. It's like there are guys that, you know, the good news is that you have a, 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 a team of four guys that, that really, you know, could you feel comfortable about. It's not like, ugh, which one of these bums is going to take it. It's, it, I feel like mm-hmm. it's a decent competition to see who's going there. Cedric Wilson is a guy who was a draft pick, was, uh, you know, a pretty highly thought about wide receiver coming out in, in a very, very deep class. Um, and has just developed you know like I, you know, the one thing that you can say about him versus a lot of these other guys in some ways is that every season you've seen improvement e- immediately with him and, and mm-hmm. I, I think you know you, you watch when he came back last year he was bigger and stronger and he just looked like a different athlete than he was the previous year i haven't you know obviously got to see him very much this year but I, 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 you've just heard a lot of really great reports about what he's done so far if you know I think that if we were supposed to, if we were going to say that all these guys kind of were able to, you know, reach their their peak athletically to a certain degree, I, I kind of think that Cedric Wilson is a guy that you know could very well be the one who walks away with this because not just not because he has necessarily the best set of physical skills. And in fact, it may actually be the opposite to some degree. I think he's a big guy, but I don't know that he's as athletically impressive as John Vea Johnson or Noah Brown. No, he's or, not. You know, no, he's but not. I think that he has the skill set, the 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 mentality, the 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 experience. Frankly, in a way that these other guys don't have, you know. And I, I think it, his college experience, you know, he got a lot of football, so he understands what it takes to, you know, to be uh, uh, fed like that. And, and I think a lot of these other guys did too. But I, I think that when you just look at the, the total package, if Cedric Wilson is able to kind of keep up athletically, I just think that he can do so many different things because of his, you know, versatility to play inside, play outside, play special teams. He is the guy that, to me is the closest to having a little bit of everything you want in the wide receiver four package. But it's always yeah, yeah. it's always been about, you know, can he hold up physically? Can he can he continually be consistent? You know? I, I think that's the difference between him and like John Vea Johnson where you see a lot of flash with John Vea Johnson because he's fast and he can get open and, and, and when he catches it. But there's a, a struggle to be consistent and there's a struggle to kind of move around and do everything. I think with with Cedric Wilson, you've seen him, you know, be very efficient ever since last year, and and that's been a big part of his game. If he can continue to hold up and continue to uh, uh, improve his physicality, and, and you know maybe make himself a little bit bigger like Vince Bryan and Noah Brown, then I think that he's the guy that has the skill set overall. That if his physicality can catch up with that, that he is going to be the guy that likely will take that wide receiver four spot. Yeah, I also think there's a part of this, too, that of all the receivers that we're mentioning with Noah Brown and John Vea Johnson and Devin Street, not Devin Street, Devin Smith. Man, this is, I went back down to a a scary row when the Cowboys (laughs) were playing Devin Street. Um, Devin Smith, uh, I think Cedric Wilson does have the best flexibility to play multiple spots. We did see him line up in the slot last year, and he did that a little bit at Boise State. But he can play on the outside. He can stretch the field a little bit, despite not having great, great speed. 
Um, I just think he gives the team more versatility and flexibility. Um, But I I do agree. I think he's somebody who um, probably has the highest pedigree of all these guys. Um, Again, not a super great athlete. You're looking at 6'2", 190 pounds, a 4'5 guy. Actually, kind of a, a... poor man I mean he looks a little bit like CD Lamb a little bit but just doesn't have the same physicality yeah. but um, I, I think there's a lot to a lot to like about Cedric Wilson as a potential wide receiver for going into year three last year was really like his rookie season after missing the whole basically all training yep. camp and all preseason with a collarbone yeah. injury so getting him you know back on the field it's not surprising to me at all that he's performing well no not at all i i think like i said he has uh, he came out in a it's a guy that got lost in the shuffle of a really great uh uh of a really great wide receiver class he doesn't have traits that are blow you away traits he's not a huge vertical guy he's not a huge speed i mean not a huge vertical jump guy he's not a huge speed guy but he yeah. was a guy that had you know good enough NFL physical ability and he had you know the ability all throughout college to get deep despite having not great speed and understanding how to do what the the little things that wide receivers do and I think that understanding uh if if he can like I said improve the physicality that understanding is going to take him a long way in, in, in kind of grabbing that wide receiver four role yeah I'm really excited to see what he can do the rest of camp because I do think I think he can certainly earn that wide receiver four job and be a productive player for the Cowboys if and when they need him. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we will see you next time.